Well, let's open in prayer, and we will continue in our series. Lord, we come this morning for you to instruct us, for you to discipline us. Uh, We seek that continually by your Holy Spirit, that you teach us by your word, that you teach us by your church, uh, to love you, to obey you, and to honor you, that we would do that and pass it on to the next generation. Through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So this is the second to last uh, teaching or sermon I will do in the total marriage series with ending with child, second half is child rearing. And so today we're we're talking about instruction and discipline, everybody's favorite topic. And then next week we'll end with um, raising boys versus raising girls and, and the differences there. And so I did cut out quite a bit from my original, I had a survey of outlines and I uh, squeezed a lot of them into one, and which I thought there's going to be three or four various topics, but I squeezed it into one topic and, and cut out a bit just so we could stay on, on time with Advent. And so we'll talk about instruction and discipline today and the differences in raising boys versus girls next week, and then we'll, we'll be done. And then you guys can finally be taught and instructed on uh, how to be married and have kids. Then you've got the whole thing. And I always find it, I, I do find it a little funny just to start off with, uh, if you've heard from anybody that, oh, this is just like... Uh, really good teaching, or Stephen's got good stuff, and both my wife and I are just like, nah, <laughs> we think it's all right, but there's, there's really good stuff out there. Um, but I'll, next week, I'll have a couple books. I'm going to suggest two books, uh, one thicker and one thinner book, uh, just to maybe help in your endeavors. And so this week, as we are, as as we're talking about raising children, we're going to talk about instruction and discipline, and uh, we'll start with Ephesians 6, 3 through 4, which says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And so your children have to obey you, and if they have to obey you, then it's probably your job to make sure that they obey you. He goes on to say, honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's the ESV. The uh, NASB, I believe, renders it, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And so there, uh, discipline does not mean uh, physical punishment, or it doesn't mean punishment. But in Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, we find uh, multiple uh, scriptures about, about punishment, uh, Proverbs twenty two fifteen says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. And so, um, so discipline in Ephesians could also be interpreted or, or translated as training, and instruction is still instruction. And because sometimes when, when we talk about discipline, we are really talking about punishment, and we're not talking about uh, uh, producing disciplined children or or having a disciplined lifestyle. And so with just these two Bible verses, I'm going to use them to say that this gives us a foundation of instructing, training, and disciplining, or teaching, disciplining, and punishing. And I believe that they should go in that order. And so um, if you're like, I haven't had a lot of feedback on some things, but if you're wondering like, where's the teaching on love? Love your children. 
love them. Where's the teaching on patience? Where's the teaching on, on other things? Uh, well, uh, uh, there's not actually a whole lot of Bible verses that command like fathers love your children. I don't, I don't really, I haven't found that one. Um, it's kind of a given, like patience is a given, love is a giving, having an atmosphere of generosity, of, of grace, is a given, and instruction, discipline, and punishment get very hard to do, and it won't be received well if there isn't an atmosphere of love, if, if there isn't an atmosphere of thanksgiving, if there isn't an atmosphere of, of generosity and grace. And so just because I'm not, I haven't done a teaching on that you should love your children, don't come after me and say, I'm saying you shouldn't love your children. Those are, those are givens. And so um, uh, what we see in Scripture, especially in the New Testament, is just didactic, like a little short, like instruct your children in the way of the Lord. Fathers, don't provoke them to anger. Don't exasperate your children. And we don't get a whole lot of uh, didactic teaching after, you know, besides that. And there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that go into that. But what the heart of instruction, instructing or training and, and disciplining and even punishing your children is that we are to imitate Christ in every way. And so when, um, when we instruct our children, or uh, uh, we have to instruct the way Christ instructs us. And so that first starts by leading by example. Christ condescended and came in bodily form in human flesh to lead by example, to be a, a savior for us, not in a, in, in a way that, we are to, to imitate him. And so one of the best ways you can instruct your children is by doing what you're instructing them to do, right? It's very, it gets very hard for your children to receive hypocrisy. And it gets very evident to them when they can point it out to you. You know, why would I do that when you're not doing that? And, and, and so first thing is to lead by example. And so... Uh, the way Christ let, leads us, the way the Lord leads us, uh, first comes with instruction. It doesn't first come with uh, uh, barking orders or giving commandments. It first comes with, with instruction. Uh, he doesn't bark orders from heaven. He is close. He is near. He is patient. He's kind. He instructs us in the way and then when we disobey, or then when we veer off course, or then when we're being led astray, then he comes in with correction. But he doesn't say, oh, by the way, what you're doing was wrong. I know you're kind of ignorant to that. Let me slap you on the wrist, or, and then we'll set you straight. It always starts with instruction. It always starts with teaching. He's, he's like a loving, gentle father who is near to us. And so Christ himself... Um, comes and, and starts with the Sermon on the Mound, with instruction, and then, and then goes from there. And so uh, Christ taught, how does he instruct us? He taught us in real time. Uh, if you look at in Matthew 18, when he is talking about, I can't remember if that was when they were asking, uh, oh yeah, when they asked who was the greatest, right? That's a good that's a good teaching moment, right? When Christ, uh, his disciples are, are walking and they say, which one of us is the greatest disciples? Come on, decide now. That's like if, you're, if you've got more than one kid and they say, which one's your favorite? And I don't think Christ did this, but maybe in our human flesh, we're like, okay, I got it in my head, but I can't say it. Uh, I love you all the same. Um, but 
he doesn't use that and he doesn't answer the question. He uses it as to say, whoever is like, whoever is like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He instructs them in, in real time. And so um, look, to, uh, look how Christ trained his, his disciples and, and taught. And though, and, and just one other way, just real quick on how Christ instructs us before we get into a few other things is that even though he shows grace, punishment was necessary. And so Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden. Their punishment was due to them, but in the same time, he showed them grace by making them coverings. And so uh, there is a need. Um, if you've had, if your kids are more than a year old, you know that there's a need for punishment at some point. And that goes, that, that is the last step. And after you've instructed them and, and, and discipline them. And so uh, in your parenting, if you instruct and teach them discipline, you will have to discipline them far less as time goes on. So if you, if you teach them, if you train them, if you teach them disciplines and you, you're training them, you will punish them far less as, as time goes on. And that's because parenting is discipleship. And so when Ephesians says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, uh, you're not trying to evangelize your children so that they might say a sinner's prayer and hopefully come to Christ some point in their life and make a decision. The Bible doesn't really give us that viewpoint of our covenant children. The Bible says, instruct them in the uh, discipline and lead them in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. And so you're not trying to, to, to teach them the Bible so that you hope that one day that they pray and, and get saved. You are to instruct them in the way of the Lord from the time they're born. You are to assume, uh, in a sense, that they're Christians and that they're going to be raised Christian. And it's not like, well, the, they didn't make a, they didn't say, they didn't confess their sin yet. They didn't say the sinner's prayer, so maybe they're not Christian, and so maybe I should not teach them the way of the Lord. Um, the Bible doesn't, the Lord doesn't want us to do that. He tells us to instruct them in the way of the Lord. <clears throat> and so it, you're, we're going to have a really hard time teaching and training your children uh, if you don't instruct and train them in, uh, in certain things. And so, uh, or if you take an approach of, of if your children come in with maybe uh, an ungrateful attitude like I'll oh, meatloaf again for dinner and you just bark orders at them and say be more thankful be more grateful right that's not how Christ instruct us and your kids will have a really hard time being more thankful when you bark orders at them to be more thankful it is and you're essentially throwing it out to them to go figure it out you I, I assess the problem you're not very grateful that's true and then you toss it back out to them to go figure it out and it's a, it's a just-fix-it workspace mentality that leads to exasperation. And I think that's what Ephesians is talking about when it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Because the opposite of and it, with the further instruction of bring them up in discipline and instruction. And so if you don't want your children to be exasperated and given to anger and frustration, then you need to teach them and you need to train them. And so... Um, you can't just say, just go fix it. There's a problem. Be more grateful and, and go do it. Uh, instead, you would say, 
Okay, hold on. Let's try that again. Say, Mommy, thank you for meatloaf. <laughs> right? That's the way of, of teaching and instructing. Instead of saying, just be more grateful, and you can even uh, teach them during dinner about the good things that the Lord has given us, why we have so much meatloaf in the house and, and why we eat it so often because we're just overflowing with, with meat. And that's an amazing thing. And so uh, you have to go in a way that the, and mirror how the Lord instructs us. He doesn't say just go and fix it. You have a sin problem. Fix it and come back to me when it's fixed. And I don't want to hear it again. Right? He doesn't do that. He comes to us, he teaches us, he instructs us, he gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us, he gives us the church for teaching, he gives us a community, he gives us the word, he gives us a lot of things to teach us and to train us. And sometimes, uh, some of us more often than others, get to the point of where the Lord has to actually punishment and we have to receive a, a consequence. And that happens because it it's a, a, a natural course of things. And so instruction and discipline go hand in hand, and then punishment comes later, which is more about justice. And so um, in, let's get into, I just really want to uh, break this into three parts and talk about instruction, discipline, and, and punishment. And so in instruction, before it says, before we you know, when it gives the instruction or gives the command to instruct them in the uh, discipline and instruction of the Lord, they, you have to first, before you can do that, you have to instruct them about the Lord. That precedes everything. And so it gets very easy to be works-based and give commands and even teach the Ten Commandments and talk about what the Bible tells and what the Lord commands of them without teaching them about a gracious Savior, without teaching them about a, a Heavenly Father who loves to give good gifts. It's very easy to slip into a works-based way of teaching your children a works-based theology or a works-based lifestyle that says, you have a problem, we're going to fix that problem, instead of, you've got a problem, you've got a sin problem, you need to go to the Lord. I've got a sin problem, I need to go to the Lord. We handle it the, the same way. And so, as much as it says in, uh, about teaching and instructing your children, it has to precede that as much as you teach your children about what they should and, and ought not to do, is, is teaching them about the Lord. And so you can't go, it usually goes with love and then honor and then, and then obey. You can't go obey, then honor, then love. Uh, it doesn't work in our hearts that way. That's not the way the, the Lord has designed it. That's not the way reality works. We don't obey the Lord first, and then we eventually love him. We love the Lord first, and then we eventually obey him. And hopefully that's sooner than later. And so when you're instructing your children, you're, you have to be very careful not to just instruct uh, their behaviors. Right? Their behaviors are a problem. And if, you haven't, uh, if your kids aren't old enough to know that their behaviors are a problem, they will be soon, uh, very shortly. And so... Because uh, what, what you want to see and what I think what, what Scripture puts out is in a, in a day-to-day 
interaction and parenting with your kids is there should be far more times where you're instructing them and, and they say you're driving and your kids say, look at that tree. And you say, how awesome is that that God created that tree? How much does he love us? He wants us to see beautiful things. And there should be far greater times on a day-to-day basis where you're saying, oh yeah, look how great God is. Look how awesome he is. Look how gracious he is. Look what he's done for us. And then, when your kids need a little bit more instruction, and then you need to be a grateful person. You need to be thankful for the meatloaf. The Bible says, do all things without complaining. So let's practice that, right? Because God made the trees, because he's awesome, because he's gracious, because we've talked about how awesome God is so many times, then we can go to, and let's not complain, right? And so we have to be very, very careful not to just teach obedience in a way that is legalistic, but that we have to teach, we have to teach about the Lord first. And so um, just as a uh, maybe uh, example, you know, besides, you know, just seeing ways to glorify God and say how awesome God is, in our devotions, as we're reading through the Old Testament, we're, I'm generally in my mind going through two things. How can I point in our Old Testament reading, how can I point that to Christ and what should we do? And so recently as we, uh, I can't remember if it was the end of First Kings or the beginning of Second Kings, that Elijah gets taken up um, by the, the fiery chariot to heaven, you know, and, and then Elisha takes over. He asks for a double portion of Elijah's spirit, and Elisha uh, takes over Elijah's ministry uh, and does miracles, signs, wonders, and, and carries on his ministry. And so as we're reading that, we're asking, you know, who else was transported to heaven and gave his spirit, and those people continued his ministry? And it's like, oh, that is a mirror of Christ. We're supposed to see Christ in, in Elijah. And so then when we get to the point when Elisha gets made fun of for being a bald head and 50 boys get attacked by a she-bear, robbed of her young, what did we learn? Don't make fun of prophets. <laughs> That's, how, <laughs> right? That's how we could apply that to our life. Um, but, you know, even in, in your, if you're doing family worship and family devotions, you should be reading through Scripture, not in a way that is saying what we ought not to do and what we ought to do, but how can we see Christ as, as more glorified? Where do we see uh, Jesus as more uh, loving, justice, have more justice, and, and so on? And so before you teach about obedience, you have to teach your children about Christ, about his sacrifice, Christ's obedience, his sovereignty, his grace, his love, and, and everything else. And so when Ephesians says, uh, uh, raise them and, and instruct and discipline them in the Lord, what is the instruction of the Lord? Then you have, the next question is, okay, what is that and how do I do it? And so essentially, everything in the Bible that is the instruction of the Lord. There you go. Read it. Teach it to your children. And so we, I think we did this last uh, teaching, maybe a couple teachings ago in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6, we get, the, we get Israel's great Shema, the Jewish great Shema, and the instruction that says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. 
You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so essentially what uh, the Lord was speaking of there was the, the Ten Commandments in, in direct context of, of what Deuteronomy is talking about is the Ten Commandments, but it goes much farther beyond that is, is if you, if when your children get to an age of about four or five, they're going to start asking and wondering, what does that mean? And so, you know, when we have the Ten Commandments in, in Exodus 20, by Exodus 22, we get uh, what it means to steal and repercussions for, for stealing and various things and explanations of the Ten Commandments. Um, but also, a great place to start is in Proverbs. Proverbs is a book uh, written to a son on instruction and wisdom. So Proverbs uh, 1, 8 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. And then it goes into various things. And throughout the whole book of Proverbs, what you're teaching is wisdom to your children, wisdom particularly from a father to a son. And if you were to just uh, look at the first verse in the, every chapter, uh, starting Proverbs 2, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, Proverbs 3, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Proverbs 4, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. Proverbs 5, my son, be attentive to my wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion. Uh, Proverbs 6, my son, if you have kept up security for your neighbor, right, my son. Uh, 620, my son, keep your father's commandments and forsake not your mother's teaching. Uh, Chapter 7, my son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you, right? This is a book of wisdom and instruction, mainly from a father to a son, but from from parents to children. The Proverbs are a great way for little didactic wisdoms and truths from scriptures to uh, be taught, right? Because that's how the Lord has taught us. I, I uh, envy my wife for memorizing the entire book of Proverbs because um, she had parents that, that that was part of her schooling that she did. And so I usually just will ask her, I'll be like, hey, Babe, what's that one proverb about that thing? And then she's like, dun, 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 dun. she's got all the song. And then she's like, that's the, I'm like, great. That's a good one. Uh, and then we find it. And so Proverbs is a book of instruction to, to children. And what you want to do is teach your children wisdom. Instruction, and what we, a couple lessons we learned from Deuteronomy is it says teach, teach often. And so that's in your daily devotions, that's as you're driving, that's at, at the grocery store, that's when you're at a guest house, uh, when you're with family, you know, in, in various ways. And so when it says that these things I command you that should be on your heart, you teach them diligently to your children, you should be looking for opportunities to instruct your children in, in practical ways often, very often, right? And then it should be in real time or as life uh, situations unfold. So that means that you have to be on the lookout and that you have to have it ready. You can't be like, oh man, my son did this. I'm pretty sure the Bible condemns that. Let me look it up real quick. 
yeah, that's bad. And then here we go. What should we do? Uh, you should be able to instruct in real time. And so you should have it on your heart. You should have it in your mind, and you should be ready and looking for ways to instruct your children, right? You are discipling them. And then three, you should instruct their heart. And so it says have these uh, on your heart, or which is uh, to have them ready, but uh, also you should instruct the heart. And so when Scripture says in Matthew 12 that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, that means when your children come to you and they say something less than, and they're less than grateful, it's not just the words they chose, it's what's in their heart. It's what's in their spirit and in their soul. And the Lord is graciously giving them, you as parents, to instruct that out of their heart. He wants their hearts to change. Um, their hearts are not innately bent towards good. Their hearts are, are innately bent towards evil. And so you should be looking for ways to not just instruct behavior, but to instruct attitudes and instruct the heart. And so um, just throwing this out there for basic principles of instruction. And so instruction is mostly information. Instruction is mostly this is what ought to be done versus ought not to be done. This is how we do it. It's, it's not the hands-on working. And that's when we get to, to training or discipline. But there has to be some kind of knowledge transfer. There has to be some kind of cognitive, okay, you understand what you're supposed to do. You understand that we shouldn't be ungrateful. You need to understand that we should be grateful. And that's just basic information. And so when it comes to instruction, you have to look for age-appropriate instruction. And so uh, I've seen parents try to teach their three-year-olds about like the tr Trinity, and it's not working. <laughs> like to get them to understand, <laughs> try to teach a 30-year-old, it's hard. And, and so usually uh, a good principle for instruction or, or learning is starting with a didactic statements, they memorize it, they recite it, then they can understand it later, and then they can teach it back to you or back to others. And that's generally um, how education goes, is they have to, you have to start with a didactic statement. This is the way it is. God is three in one. Good. Can you say that back to me? God is three in one. Yes. They got it by the time they're two or three. They can memorize it and recite it back to you. And maybe by the time they're seven, eight, nine, they can understand it a little bit deeper. And maybe a little, a few years after that, they could actually understand it in a way where they could teach it back to you or teach it to others. And that's the type of instruction that I think discipleship follows, that we see, that we should be looking for is, can they understand it at an age-appropriate level at a certain amount of time to where they could teach it, teach it back? And so just uh, them spouting off, you know, uh, penal substitutionary atonement is good, uh, is the way we should go, like, uh, isn't really what we want to accomplish at 14, but it maybe is at 5. And so they don't need to, uh, maybe you guys need to Google penal substitutionary atonement to understand. But... What the Lord wants you to do and what the Lord has given, uh, why the Lord has put you in their life as a means of grace is so that they can be taught, trained, and instructed in a way that they would be able to understand and, and teach others also. And, and so just a, a, an example of this, 
Maybe that's a whole, maybe that's an example later. Um, but maybe a real-time example of this is yesterday we were at the Grays and we just stopped in to, to grab something real quick and I'd forgot to order Lily a water at Chick-fil-A and so she was thirsty so we got to go in and she asked if we can go in and get some water. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming in. Come on, get some water. I said, just make sure you ask for it. And so we go in and, and uh, she runs and picks up a water bottle and opens it and starts drinking. I'm like, make sure you're asking. She says, oh, can I have some water? And I was like, hold on, let's stop. Say, may I have some water, please? Right? That's the difference between, um, that's what, what instruction and discipline would look like is, okay, this is real time. Let's, let's stop. Let's say this. You're going to say it this way because that is kind and, and generous. And so, um, which goes hand in hand with, with, uh, with disciplining or, or training them. So Hebrews 12, 5 through 11 says, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, this is quoting from Proverbs 6, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Now, I don't think this is innately, I've normally read this as like he punishes, he he whips out punishment to those people he loves. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. Maybe chastises. Verse 7, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so we've I mentioned Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he's, he will not depart from it. So if instruction is intellectual, discipline is the physical practice or, or the training of it. And so discipline isn't fun. They're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to have your kids go, oh, thank you, Dad, thank you, Mom, for disciplining me. At five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, they might say that when they get to be 30 if they were disciplined and they became disciplined individuals. They won't say that if they weren't disciplined. And so it's not enjoyable. It's not always enjoyable for the parents. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of, uh, a lot of effort. And so uh, it's not fun, and it's not supposed to be uh, fun. You can have it in a, in a spirit of, of joy, in a spirit of love, in a spirit of patience. Um, but the point is that your children will enjoy the peaceful fruit of righteousness later. That's the purpose of why we discipline and train our children is so that they are not controlled by their emotions, by their bad behaviors, by their wrong ways of thinking later in life when it costs them a lot more. If they learn to control their emotions, to not be tossed by every emotional, every thought that comes in, when they're four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, ten years old, 
then they won't be tossed to and fro later in life. When they hit the teens and they get a lot of hormones, uh, they won't be as tossed. And when they grow up and they are in relationships, they won't be tossed back and forth by their emotions or their thought processes or, or bad behaviors later. And so by disciplining them now, by training them now, you are saving them from a lot of trouble later. That's the point. And so uh, discipline is corrective and it's therefore instructive. And so it is a lot of hard work. Um, and so when we talk about, and the Bible just says, raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And they're like, there you go. Just do that. Just go figure it out. You get a lot of leeway to just take that and, and go do that with your family, with your kids. And, and so discipline is, is a type of training, but it's uh, training them in, in hard work. It's doing chores, doing chores cheerfully, right, with a smile on your face. It's waiting to eat and par- so you're participating with the whole family. It's te- teaching patience. It's doing things together. It's immediate obedience. That's discipline. Uh, something that I, that I see, uh, which I decided not to, I don't want to do that. I saw that in, in other parents. Is you see the parents that go, all right, one, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, I don't know my fractions well enough. Two, maybe even seven-eighths. We're so close. Okay, three. But no, one. And then uh, we're, in, in that way, we're teaching our, our children, we're training them to have do- delayed obedience. You've got three seconds to be obedient. But those are a long three seconds. And sometimes mom or dad gets to three and nothing happens, Right? And so discipline is immediate obedience, uh, not talking back, you know, various things of how you teach and, and train your, your children. It's a training, it's an instruction, it's, a, it's teaching them self-control, self, uh, it's building character habits, it's character building. And so it sounds like when we're disciplining our children, if you're looking for real time, you're looking for ways to instruct them, you're looking to have corrective behaviors, you're looking to ways to instruct them, it sounds like you're hovering over your children, but that shouldn't be the case. If you find yourself doing that, maybe you have to do a lot of remedial work to get to a place of discipline, but your home should be a world of yes with a few no's, right? Just I think just as as the Lord, our Heavenly Father, teaches us, it's a world of yes. It's a world of outpouring of mercy and grace of yes. You want, Dad, can we go to the park? Yes. Dad, can we do this? Yes. Can we do this? Yes. Dad, can, can I get a dog? No. Uh, and, and where it's a world of yes with a few no's. And so uh, we generally have just a, a small list of, of no's, like, you know, uh, Honor your, your mom and dad. Uh, don't talk back um, and, and obey immediately. And everything else kind of falls into that. And I don't need to tell you not to jump on the couch. Uh, if you don't know that, you're going to know that. Uh, but, and you're still going to get punished for it because you know that. Um, and so discipline, and when you're teaching them and instructing them, there would be a, a training type of, okay, let's stop and let's do it another way, right? This is, 
way before you get to punishment. Punishment, we think of, um, at least I think in Christian circles, we, th- we talk about raising children and we go straight to spanking. Spank them, right? Or, or what's the punishment? And But unless you lay a foundation of instruction and discipline and training and walking with them through it, the punishment's probably not going to stick, and it's going to be ineffective, and it doesn't mirror at all how we disciple other people, and it doesn't mirror how Christ disciples us. And so there is a time for punishment. And, and so kind of to end the discipline is you should just be looking for ways to teach and to train your children on a daily basis. When you rise up, when you lie down, where does uh, there need to be corrective behavior? Where can they see Christ and, and see him as more glorified? How can we teach and how can we train our children in, in real ways, in practical ways, to, to walk in the discipline and instruction of the Lord? And that's about as far as I could teach before you just have to ask yourself and say, how do, I, how do I do that? How do I do that with my kids? How do I do that in my household? And talk with your spouse about it um, and various and whatnot. And so, but there is a time for punishment. And so just to spot off the spanking verses, you've got Proverbs 23, 13 to 14, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings uh, shame to his mother. And punishment, when you get to the, the uh, time of punishment, it's more about justice than it is about corrective behavior. Now, you hope that your children learn um, learn through that. And so we generally, uh, if you do a good job of instructing and, and disciplining and proper punishment, then like I was just commenting to Lily uh, last night or a couple nights ago, I was like, I don't think I've spanked you in a couple years. Because you can get to that point, and I think that's the way that the Lord works, is if you lay a foundation of instruction, of discipline, if there's an atmosphere of love, of mercy and generosity, then you very rarely, as the kids get older, you have to punish, you don't have to punish them very much. Because they have built into themselves a, a spirit of discipline. And you can't do what the, only the Lord can do. You can't change their heart. All you can do is be a means of grace in their life, follow the instruction of the Lord, and let the Lord change their heart. And so you watch out for those kind of things. And so generally, spanking for me is like a last resort. That's like way down the line. We don't hold up the spanking verses and been like, uh, your kid came up and said, meatloaf again, spank him. I don't... Uh, <laughs> I don't go that route. And the Bible, I don't think, is too clear about where that line is. Uh, or when do you give them the rod and when do you give them instruction and discipline. And I think the general rule is give them instruction and discipline first. And if there is a, a uh, issue that requires the rod, then you should talk it over with your spouse and, and come to a conclusion. And, but punishment, you get to a point in child rearing and raising your children that, that there is punishment, but punishment has to do with justice. So if your child is caught stealing, restitution is in order. 
You might tack on a spanking. I don't know. That's up to you. I'm not going to decide that for you. Uh, but you have to go about it in a, in a biblical way. If, um, if your son hits your daughter, probably a spanking is in order. I don't know. You can decide that. But there has to be, it's about justice. You did something wrong. There's going to be a punishment. You hope that that's corrective and, and teaches them. Uh, there is a proverb that says when you, uh, when you discipline or um, I think it has something about hitting the backs of fools with a rod, then it teaches the simple wisdom. And so other people might learn. Uh, you hope that your children learn in those situations, uh, but really punishment has more to do with, with justice. If they had done a wrong and there has to be a restitution uh, or something in order. And so uh, generally, um, as, as your kids are, are growing, I would only spank personally for like, start with like high-handed rebellion. If they come to me and I say, hey, can you do this? And they say, no. Okay, well, that's just high-handed rebellion. I might, might go there. But, but you have to decide um, and work that out in, in your family on how to deal out punishment. You just have to look to Scripture and trust God for that. And so the only thing, the biggest principle I see in Scripture when it comes to when you have to punish your kids is, is found in Galatians 1. I'm sorry, Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. That says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, do, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So if you discipline your children in anger, you're not qualified to discipline them. You can't discipline them in anger. You can't, even if they deserve it, if they deserve a punishment, you can't be angry at that time. You who are spiritual should restore them to a spirit, in a spirit of gentleness. And so uh, with, with that being said, when you discipline your, there is a time when you discipline your children, but you have to be careful that you're laying a foundation of instruction and, and training of discipline before you get to punishment. And I think the, when you follow the instruction of the Lord and, and biblical teaching, you can't change their hearts, but you are their prime, the primary instrument in the hands of the Lord to change their hearts. You should continue to have an atmosphere of love, of generosity. You should continue to pray for them. Um, but you're never going to change their hearts. Only the Lord can do that. You should trust the Lord and trust his process. And so as we come to the table today, the Lord instructs us uh, in, in one of the, uh, there's generally three names for communion, the Lord's Supper, and then the Eucharist, which means Thanksgiving. And so the Lord lays us a foundation of instruction and, and discipline in giving thanks, in coming to the table joyfully, giving thanks, lifting up our heads uh, that of what he has prepared for us, that he gives to us generously. Every week, without measure, we come back to the table. We come back to a reminder of his sacrifice, of what he came, that he came in bodily form, that he led us, he, led, he lived a, a perfect, spin, sinless, spotless life so that he could die and suffer punishment on our behalf 
so that we could be holy and be with him and that we could receive his grace, that we could walk with him and come back here for Thanksgiving. And then we walk and live out our lives and we live in community and then we come back next week and then we're reminded that Christ died, he lived a sinless life, he came in bodily form, he led by example and he gave himself for us so that we could come with cheerful and glad hearts. And then we go out and live our life and we come back next week and we come back to the table, to the Eucharist, to come with Thanksgiving. And so come, let's come with Thanksgiving and dine with Christ.